0: Congratulations, graduates. Do know that we love you. Uh, We are cheering for you. We want God's best for you. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing here. Years ago, when I was a boy, most everyone used the translation before the proliferation of English translations, most everyone used the King James Version. So... A friend of mine who uh, was a happy, joyful, brilliant man, he was president of Conservative Baptist Seminary in Denver, Colorado, a man named Vernon Grounds, um, he, uh, had a, he had a habit, a playful habit of when invited, invited to someone's house, uh, sometimes he would be proffered a guest book. Andy and I have had guest books for years. We enjoy them. We enjoy looking back and remembering time we've had people in our home and spent with them. So he'd be proffered a guest book, and everybody, you know, he would write something, and so you put the date and your name. You're supposed to write something. And uh, he had this standard thing that he did after he would write his name and the date. He would uh, write a nice greeting, and then he put down Acts twenty eight two. Now that was back in the day when, you know, King James was the only game in town. Well, Acts chapter 28 is the story of Paul's shipwreck. And they were in tragic peril. But actually, uh, I I think the word, there's a couple different words. There's a word, the natives on the island helped him. And Acts 28, too, actually reads in the King James, and, and there are several different versions of the King James, but anyway, and these barbarians showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, one because of the cold. So he would write that, and, you know, some would, after he left the house, they'd open up and say, oh, oh, isn't that nice? He he, you know, left a Bible verse for us. And some would even dig a little deeper and say, well, I I wonder what encouraging Bible verse he read. They'd open their Bible. And these barbarians showed us no little kindness. And he did it as a playful joke. But um, it's interesting to wonder the life that these verses take that we write down on cards. We'll write a greeting. Some of us leave a verse. I suppose some verses are never read, but uh, many of them are. Why do we do that? Why do we add that verse from the Bible there? What does that mean? What is being conveyed? It's counsel, isn't it? Uh, it's 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 wisdom. It's a hopeful aspiration that it might be absorbed and followed. Written with love and a prayer that the verse might take root in their heart as they would read it for this one that they love that they're congratulating in this case for graduation. A common go to verse for graduation is the verse that is before us this morning Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Here word of the Lord. Now, it is in this longest of all the Psalms, Psalm 119. There's 176 verses. There's no psalm like Psalm 119, the longest song in Israel's hymn book. Well, it's also structured in a particular way, actually, to allow it to be more freely memorized. It's in paragraphs, and each of the paragraphs starts, each of the paragraphs, starts with a singular letter from the Hebrew alphabet. And it would be like, if it was in English, uh, the first paragraph, which is verses 1 through 8, the first line of each of the verses would always start with the letter A. Uh, Then it would go to B and C, and so it became a memory device such that uh, people in the Jewish community would fold into their mind the memorization of 176 verses. Eric, how did they do it? Well, one device that helped them was it was set up with the Hebrew ABCs, Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dalet, and on. And, and so they would remember the alphabet and would help them remember how those sentences were structured. It's an extraordinary piece. Before I preach on this one verse this morning, seeking to ask the question, Why does Grandma put Psalm 119.105 on the card? I want to read to you the verse before this paragraph, Psalm 119.104, through the end of the paragraph, Psalm 119.1 through verse 112, but we will park on verse 105, beginning with, Verse 104, the English Standard Version. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I've sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Hear the word of the Lord. Our plan of attack this morning will be to ask a question and answer the question in three different ways and in so doing, unpack the substance of this verse. The question, why does grandma put Psalm 119, 105 on the card, will be answered by identifying three embedded implications in this verse. Again, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Hear the word of the Lord. Embedded assumption number one is this. Every graduate walks in some direction leading somewhere in life. Isn't it true that everybody is going somewhere? Somewhere. Look at verse 9. He even concedes that it is so. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. That we make our choices and then our choices make us. One decision at a time, we forge a daisy chain of an experience that accumulates over a lifetime and represents how we have lived. Every graduate walks in some direction, leading to somewhere in life. In fact, this notion of walking is a metaphor in the Scripture for living. Uh, uh, You've heard uh, the phrase used before, the Christian walk. Uh, Think of uh, how Paul uses that term, the Apostle Paul, uh, walk. I'll just read three verses to you. Don't turn there. From the book of Ephesians and then one from Galatians. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. He goes on to say in chapter 5 in verse 8, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. In verse fifteen of chapter five, this is one. Uh, it, 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 this is between uh, what about twenty verses in the book of Ephesians? He uses the word walk three times. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Of course, Galatians five sixteen. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Hear the word of the Lord. Walk. It's a term not talking about our gait, about how we walk or the fancy term is ambulation. We were ambulating around. No, it's talking about living. It's talking about how we live and the choices we make that accumulate a reputation. Uh, You say, Eric, Now, wait a minute. You don't get it. I'm not making any choices about living. That's not me. I just get out of bed and I just do whatever and then I go to bed and rinse and repeat the next day there is no neutrality that is a decision about how to live though it may be unconscious you are making decisions about living with all the rest of us we will all have the same amount of time this week We will not all utilize our time in the same way. We will exercise choices that piled on top of each other, accumulated a minute at a time, over hours and days and months and years and a lifetime, will accrue to the body of our living, how we have walked through life. What is true for graduates this morning Is true for all of us. Isn't that right? We make our choices and then our choices make us. This verse is to inform the nature of our choices. This verse is to hold sway and influence over what he talks about holding his life in his hand continually. Verse 109 It's about the nature of our choices. What complicates choices that are before us today is the advent of social media. What complicates our choices is not only that, the advent of things like the metaverse. Because today, like no other day in Western culture that we've experienced, you can go online to find a community that will support anything you want to do. It will affirm any choice you want to make. You just go out there and find it and join the community and whatever choice you make then can seem for that community to be normal and usual and right, regardless of what the choice is. You take the metaverse. It is amazing what is emerging in the possibility of joining and experiencing virtual reality in virtual communities that are global in nature. And that can become your reality. And that group that you're with can affirm the choices that you are making, notwithstanding whatever kind of choices those are, because within that group, that is accepted and celebrated and uh, enjoyed. What direction are we going? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How do we figure out where to go? How do we discern the outcomes of these choices that we are making? Where will we be in 10 years? Graduates, where will you be in 10 years? 65-year-olds, where will you be in 10 years? 40-year-olds, where will you be in 10 years? Where are our choices taking us as we walk? Every graduate walks in some direction, along with everybody else, leading to somewhere in life. Where are you going? How do you know? How do you know the way? It was dubbed... A bridge to nowhere, first funded uh, in President Bill Clinton's budget one year for a bridge to catch a can in Alaska to avoid the ferry or some such means of transport, but it became uh, laughable because it would be funded each year and in seeming never realized and. You know, 43 million for this study was the first one, and then so many millions for this. Alas, here we are all these years. Hence, we have no bridge to Ketchikan. It is dubbed a bridge to nowhere. Now, while that's tragic for uh, uh, the use of tax dollars, when a bridge to nowhere is super tragic, is to have somebody wake up in their 30s, and look back and say, this is, look where I am. How did I get here? To have somebody wake up in their 50s. To have somebody lament in their 70s. How would I ever get here? Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It shines to point the way in life and where to go. Psalm one nineteen one thirty. 130, I love this. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Hear the word of the Lord. Every graduate and everybody else, everybody here. It's why unapologetically I can preach on Psalm 119, 105 because it relates to all of us. Every graduate walks in some direction leading to somewhere in life. Now, the second embedded implication is this. The road is dark for all of us, and the path to thriving is not evident. The road is dark for all of us, and the path to thriving is not evident. Notice that assumption that's in this verse. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Once in a while, we have a fire pit at our house. And uh, I was given a uh, little lantern that is useful when we do the fire pit. So we do the fire pit at night. That's when I use the lantern. I cannot remember ever having the lantern out during the day. Why? I don't need it during the day. I can see. But in the dark, I need the light that's the embedded assumption here in this verse. And while you, you, you say, Eric, that's kind of the Homer Simpson, duh, point. But it's important to think about the implication of this verse to think in that way. When it's dark, you can't see. The way is not clear. We need the light. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 4 speaks to the consummation of all things, the end of the ages, when Jesus comes and restores the whole earth. One of the things he does is uh, Isaiah 40 verse 4. He makes every crooked thing straight. He makes it right. He makes what has been twisted. What has been lied about, he makes that straight. I love the restoring powers, the redeeming powers of Jesus. The truth about God and the truth about life has been twisted. Actually, the term perverted at its root, it, the root idea is it's twisting, it's twisted. What is true is twisted to take on another form. Psalm 119, 104 says, I hate every false way. They're out there in the dark. And they're thoroughfares into which we are Invited. Philippians 2.15 describes the Apostle Paul. Remember, he says, when we follow Jesus, living faithfully to him will stick out. Here's how he describes it. We shine as lights in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. Uh, What is true has been twisted. And to live uh, the truth makes us stand in distinction to our culture And we are distinct. We shine as light. But we need the light to discern the twisting of reality. We need what God has revealed to understand the truth about God, the truth about us, the truth about life, and the truth about what God intended for us. This term, uh, twisted, perverted, is a term used of a potter who is uh, on a potter's wheel and a person watching that person describing them. If he messed up the artifact, barreling around the wheel as he's trying to shape it and it was malformed, he would use this term. Uh, sometimes it's called misshapen. Uh, what has happened to reality is that reality has been misshapen. It's been twisted. I fancy this month to be talking about this. And what we need is the light to see. And what we have in the word of God, what a treasure, is the light. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Believe me, life can become misshapen. Oh, the glory of the biblical way forward, the way to life. Isn't that what Jesus said when he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The Apostle Paul, when he looked at a man standing against the sharing of the gospel named Eliamus the magician in Acts 13 and verse 10, he said this to him. You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? The paths of God are different than the paths laid out and suggested by the party line of our world. But Eric, I like the path I'm on. I like what I feel and experience when I'm on this path. That didn't work out so good for Adam and his race. How will it eventually affect your life? We need light in this environment. It's dark. And that's what we have in the Word of God. Matthew Henry, a Puritan commentator, said this, The Word discovers to us concerning God and ourselves that which otherwise we would not have known. It shows us what is amiss and will be dangerous. It directs us in our work and way. In a dark place, indeed, the world would be without it. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Hear the word of the Lord. Life ever left you with what seemed like the dark. Be encouraged. Light is available. The light brings us to faith and the way to Christ, the way to life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, Paul uses the metaphor of darkness to describe the state that we are in before we come to begin a relationship with Jesus. We are in the dark. In fact, in bondage to our sin and trespasses and darkness. But then the light of the glory of the wonder of knowing Jesus dawns upon us as the Spirit of God opens our eyes to see Him. And simultaneous to seeing the beauty and perfections of Jesus and His great love for us demonstrated at the cross, we see our own sinful state before God. And recognizing that we have a problem, sin and its consequences, and God offered a loving solution in His Son, Jesus Christ, and he invites us home with him. He invites us to stop trusting in our own self-righteousness, to be accepted before God, but to place our faith and our trust and rely upon Jesus Christ as a hope of our eternal salvation. We don't even begin to think about that until the word of God shines light on who we really are. It's a mirror that God holds up and says, oh, you know, I, I, I didn't know I looked like that before God. But then in that mirror we can also see Jesus Christ. The word made flesh that dwelled among us and went to the cross. In the most loving act of in all of history, greater love is no one than this, and a man laid down his life for his friend. God loves you in Jesus Christ and longs that you would repent from your sin and place your faith in Jesus if you're here this morning and you've never received Christ as your Savior. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. The old gospel hymn had the charge, come to the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now, the third embedded implication in this verse is this. God's word makes clear the way to life. Think of Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. What path are you on? Where are you going? I want to be on the path to life. I love the inviting nature, the name of this path. I mean, uh, John Stonis is with his daughters on the Appalachian Trail and their niece. And, uh, you know, the the sections have names and everything. And you you get on a trail that's named and, and a section, you know. I want to be on this section, the path to life. That's the envious path. That's the one we want. Proverbs 4.18, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Tragically, I know what it is to fall in the dark. (laughs) Uh, Notice the assumed atmosphere of the world in which we experience life. It's darkness. Because if it wasn't dark, we would not need the light of the Word of God. You see, in the dark, one way looks just as good as the other way, and it couldn't be farther from the truth. Proverbs fourteen twelve. there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You ever talk to someone who looked back with lament and regret, and who doesn't, I do, upon past sin and imperfections? Thank God for his grace. Where sin did abound, God's grace did much more abound. Proverbs fourteen twelve says, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You ever ask somebody, why did you do that? What were you thinking? Well, you know, at the time it just it just it just seemed right. Where do we get those seams? That's what I'm asking this morning. Because what we need is God's seams revealed clearly from the light of his word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, this verse lists two characteristics of the word of God. Remember, Jesus said. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now there's two characteristics of the word of God here. One, a lamp to my feet. Now think of the ancient world. There are not paved roads. There might have been some rocks put down or bricks in succession cobbled together. There's no vehicles. It's all animal paths and foot traffic. Now, you put those two things together, you've got to be careful how you walk. Literally, you had to watch where you stepped. When our kids were young, we went to Mackinac Island. We got on the ferry, went over, and our kids didn't realize there are no mechanized vehicles over on Mackinac Island. It's riding bikes and horse rides, and that's how people get around. And our middle son, who was just precocious socially, was so fascinated by everything he saw there, and... Uh, we get, you know, the, the ferries packed with people. We're sitting on the top, and, and he never met a stranger, and he's just a little guileless man. He turns around and says, Hey, did you see all that horse poop there? And the couple behind us just, they just erupted in laughter. But Ben just, had, he, he had not experienced that. And you actually had to watch where you walked. Now, if you're in the dark, you can get a lot of muck on your shoes. And that's what this light, this lamp to my feet, it's about those next steps. It's about so you don't step in it. Now, here's the open secret. We're really good at stepping in it. We're good at getting neck deep in it. And what we need is a lamp for our feet to stay clean, and stay out of bad streets. Uh, Sanitation is handled differently all over the world. There are some densely populated cities that have streets that you don't want to be on, that have privies that you don't want to use. You have to be careful. A, A lamp to my feet. Our world is full of filth, immoral, filth, and rot. A lamp for our feet illumines the next step, and it's available. Graduate, be encouraged. You can make it. A foot lamp is all about the next steps, what you think about, how you live, how you act. It's all there revealed for our good in God's book. What did Paul say in speech and conduct, faith and life and purity? Show yourself an example. Eric, how do you figure out what that example is supposed to be? You stick your nose in the book, you open your heart, and you ask the Spirit of God to bring to reality what you read in the call to obey. A lamp to my feet. Now the second part of this is a light to my path. Now the, 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 the notion is more, is less it, immediately the next step and more down the way a little bit. Have you ever been on a dark trail and you lifted up the lantern to just pitch the light down, down the way just a little bit into the future? Where are you headed? Where are you going? Have you ever played bumper pool, billiards? Uh, there are obstacles actually, strangely, right in the middle of the table, but it's there on purpose. And those obstacles are designed to be utilized to vector off of and get your ball where it needs to go. In fact, it kind of forms some boundaries for the rolling of the ball. In the same way, the light of the word of God sets up guardrails upon which we run our lives in the Audubon of what pleases our Lord and has been revealed for his glory and our good. It's all there as we, and there's perfect freedom between those margins. And actually, counterintuitively, bondage comes when we get outside of those boundaries. Why does anyone obey the Word of God? Why would anyone follow it? Because they desire to yield their life to this one who loved us and gave himself for us. Because they desire to experience this way to life that Christ has invited us to because they desire to please this one who gave his life for us, yearning all the while for this is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Eric, how can I get there? Well, just open God's book, keep the light on and take the next step for all your life. Eric, I'm a graduate, can you guarantee to me that I will be a success in life? Yes, I can. What does Joshua say in Joshua 1.8? The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then You will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Eric, I want to make my way prosperous. I want to have good success. Open God's book. Open your heart and take the next steps and hold the lantern up. Nothing will serve a graduate or any of us here this morning better than to embrace the word of God with all of our might, letting it shape who we are and who we are becoming. And who we will be. Psalm 36, 9. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light. We see light. Hear the word of the Lord. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? The fountain of life. The wellspring of vitality. I love that. Whatever that is. I want to run there. I want to experience that to the fullest. The fountain of life. God's light brings that to us. In his word, what is our compass at Calvary Baptist Church? What is our GPS for life? How about the word of our Lord reigning over us with authority? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Proverbs 4.18 says this, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. One of the great glories of following Jesus is to see how the light of the word of God becomes more evident over time. Yes, the path shines brighter and brighter and makes more sense. The way of Christ looks one way when you're 18. It looks another way when you're 28. If you hang with it, it looks another way as you turn 40. As you crank past 50 and head to your 60s, it looks another way. Looking back at 65 and looking back at 75, I can imagine that the treasure gets more evident you see the implications of obeying the word of God and experiencing God's blessing. Graduate, I commend you to the word of God and following Jesus Christ as the singular greatest adventure in all of life. One that will deliver for you and also deliver you from regret. Oh, the treasure of the Word of God. Do we value it as we ought here in this good place? And does our valuing it show up in joyful obedience to what God has called us to do? Oh, let's keep the lights on. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hear the Word of the Lord. Father, I pray your blessing on our graduates and join Seth in that thoughtful prayer. We can make life so complex. It's just amazing to think that all of our future turns on our obedience to you or our disobedience and spurning of the word of God. Grant, Lord, that you would give us grace by your Spirit to obey you. Grant, Lord, that Calvary would be a place where children growing up learn the treasure of the Word of God, where young married people understand the implications of why you actually ask us to do what you ask us to do for our good. Young parents are encouraged and build up to help their children grow up in gospel nurture. Those launching kids into adult life find confidence not in themselves, but in the durability and the enduring eternal nature, timelessness of your book. Oh, Lord, the word of God enfleshed in Jesus and inscripturated in the Bible it's life's great treasure. Help us handle it well and no one handles it well without living in subjection joyfully to it. I pray that your spirit would help us to those ends. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand. Let's sing.